another uh, pig podcast here with my good friend Tobias Smalders. And my good friend Brian Hogman. Right on. Right on. Man, the market is just still on fire, isn't it, right now? Literally. Like, oh, it's if, bananas. If it was a chicken, it'd be running around with its head cut off. <laughs> it's true. And on fire. And on fire. Wow, yeah, we're yeah. painting a pretty it's dastardly a, scene right it's now. A, it's a phoenix. It's rising it's from the ashes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I saw numbers. I haven't seen October's numbers, but I saw some uh, stats from uh, Remax. Mm-hmm. And uh, unit sales are down September over October, but uh, give or take, mm-hmm. uh, September over October, the market was up like 7 to 10% still, just from month over month. It's, in- it's insane. The price was higher. Yeah, and, and I believe that those like sale transaction numbers are strictly supply related. Like, right. if there was more, more would sell. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. So yeah. I think. You know, we've asked this question a bunch of times, but I think it's, you know, a conducive time to ask it just as always is, you know, is it a good time to buy? Like, is it a good good time time to to buy buy an investment property, right? We've got pending rate hikes. Like, it's not a maybe, it's not a doom gloom, but it's like, for real, like bond bond yields are are spreading, which means that we're going to see rates go up two, three, four times next year. Amazing. You know, and then maybe two, three, four times in 2023. Mm. So we're going to see some. So yeah, what do you, what do you think? Are you, uh, are you looking to buy? Are you looking to buy? Yeah. Well, so, and we always like that we have different opinions, but I think on this one, we're going to have the same opinion. (laughs) Maybe the best time to buy is yesterday. Yep. And then the next best time is now. And, and sometimes I'm a little bit uh, passive on like timing that because it's really hard to time it. But I think on the last time we talked about this, I was like, I don't know if I would buy right away. But uh, that was like six or eight months ago. Yeah, totally. And, and yeah. if you took my advice, you didn't buy and you waited, you missed out on like roughly 20 to 25% increase depending on our areas. Yeah. That's our sort of like year uh to date you know yeah increase. Over the past, yeah that's a that's a uh, huge it's increase. a huge it's a huge increase and a good example we were just talking about uh off camera uh we had our the house next door to our home oh yeah was for sale and it was it was a bit of a slow time uh it was like 16 months ago so uh contributing factors made it a little bit dicey of a time to just pull the trigger on something right but it, it was for sale it was over 30 days on market and they ended up selling for uh, 880 or 890,000. And uh, it just relisted this week. And it, it just sold yesterday with a preemptive offer. For, they ended up with four at least. And they went for 1.28. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I think it's it, another interesting thing right now, too, is I was looking at stats where it's saying, uh, one out of four buyers right now, and tell me if you think this is true, but one out of four buyers right now is an investor. So 25% yes. of the people out there are investors, 75% are repeat or first time home buyers. So, um, so those investors out there right now, and they're the ones that are buying with cash probably most of the time because they pulled out some equity. Totally. Um, so you would buy a house right now too. I, I would buy. We, we looked at trying to buy that place. We wanted. We wanted it. You know, and, and you know what? I, I gotta. I gotta admit, I would too. But I'm a little bit more hesitant than I was before. Yeah. But still would. And and the hesitation only comes from you know uh, I don't need the deal of a century, right? Nope. Because yeah. I think that's almost impossible to it's find. But I think it really comes down to what we've said a million times, and and it's not rocket science, but it's coming back down to the fundamentals, right? The fundamentals are. 
buy and hold, okay? And I'm not against my flipper friends out there, my yeah. flipper Freddy and everybody like that, but, yeah. but it, it's just harder, right? Because then you're really dependent upon timing in yeah. a flip. Totally. Um, I probably definitely wouldn't flip right now only because I think we're in a state of the market with rates going up, mm -hmm. but. I, I, I think so too. Like I would yeah. be leer, more leery. I'm sure people who do more flipping are just like, yeah, we just keep doing mm. it. Um, it's a business. It's a business, right? Yeah. And, and you know, the, they'll take a smaller margin to continue to operate business. Yeah. But uh, I, I still think we've got lots of like positives, uh, you yep. know, with, with immigration reopening. Yeah. Still like very extreme underfed demand yep. in existing market conditions. Yeah. Um, we still have 75% of those people are looking for we homes. Won't, we won't call them homeless, but you know, they're <laughs> without a home <laughs> until, until they get something yes, for whatever reason. That is true. And, yes. then, and then I even think in like our core city areas, I think as things return to normal, already being in demand for say like Hamilton, Halton, um, you know, Toronto area, there's a lot of people that had exodus, I think preemptively. Yeah, they're gonna have to come back. Once. Very true. You know, people that moved even outside of Ontario, maybe they'll come back, or people who moved up north. Like totally. there was a massive amount of shifting yeah. where yeah. that's gonna create something too. I think, um, and I don't think that'll be like an acute short-term problem. I think right. that'll be something that over the years, those people are gonna have to return for whatever reason. And and you know what? And here's sort of the one different thing I have. You know, that is different right now. I think is where. Um, you know, I think on this podcast and our mantra has always been invest, you know, investing has changed my life, your mm -hmm. life. It's always been amazing and kind of, uh, the message has always been leverage up at all costs, right? Yeah. Right now I'd be a little bit more conservative about leveraging up privately, you know, yep. only because, uh, I just met with actually a great power sale lawyer and yes. he had a great, great yes. thing to think about. And it's something that, you know, my, my, my attitude on affordability is that it's always, it's always there. Yeah. Not everybody thinks like me and you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because, you know, when me and you got a mortgage, let's say you got a mortgage at 2%, you had to qualify at a stress tested rate of five and a quarter. Yeah. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, I can afford payments because I had to get afforded, you know, two or three times the rate. Yeah. But what happens with people, you know, because I have to think of how other people think. If I get used to a payment, mm. I'm not budgeting for rates going up. I, some people, maybe not you guys listening here, but some people maybe bought a nicer car, bought some nicer clothes, went out for dinner, grabbed some debt. So now when that payment does go up, even though that they were stress tested for it, yes. they didn't account for it. Totally. And now when that first mortgage gets higher, yeah. anybody who's got private second mortgages, yeah. which does happen, yep. you know, and for investors, for other people too, it, that rate will go up a little bit too as rates go up, but also your first mortgage got more expensive. So there may be a portion of the market that, you know, and to some, it's very hard to determine how many people have private mortgages, but to some estimates, it's almost 25%. Like that's kind of crazy wow. to think. Like one in four people has a private mortgage. That's completely not validated. Just uh, so yeah, you know, that's yeah, not a. That's amazing. You can fact check it, and if you do, and I'm out to lunch, please let me know. Yeah. Okay, but but is that going to be enough to affect the supply? Will there be enough people that run into problems that affect supply? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. But I think it might curb the massive thirty percent growth again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I I don't anticipate seeing that again. You think you probably only see that like. Uh, once a lifetime, we saw once a decade for the last uh, yeah. little while. Like we had another twenty percent stint period uh, years back, but I think that that was just like a market correction 
uh, in a, our demographic area, yeah. or our geographic area, rather. I think so too. Yeah. I think it's like, if you're gonna get an investment property today, um, you're, you're buying top of market, I think it's fair to say. Like yeah. like top of market, whatever that means, it just means it's higher than what? it's ever what? been before. Last year was the same answer. It was top of market too, <laughs> it was top right? Market and sure. before. Right? But, I, yeah. I but think it's, it's I, I think we'll see, we'll have to see some sort of flattening of this massive appreciation. Yes. Well, I think, I think the thing too is that because if you're, if you leverage up privately right now, yeah. typical private mortgages are going to be interest yeah. only. Yeah. Right. The good thing about getting an institutional mortgage, even if it was with a B lender, like one of those lenders, that's a little bit uh, more expensive, yeah. you're still getting principal pay down. Totally. And with interest rates being as low as they've ever been, your principal pay down is tons. Like you're paying off, you know, on a 25 to 30 year mortgage, you're paying off almost 16% of your principal in the first five years with with these interest rates. Incredible. So that's low, but on a private, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, yeah. Private, so, private, you definitely need like a quick exit strategy, I think. Uh, yeah, within I, a year anyways. Yeah, like, within like, a year. Yeah, that, to me, that's quick. Well, so we'll say, yeah, you know, that is time yeah. in the market, not timing the market is the yeah. most important thing. So yeah. if you're buying today with the plan that you're gonna keep it for 20 years, I, I think it's very hard to time the market and say next year we'll buy. I agree, and yeah. I think if you can like if you can buy right now, and you do need some private money, and you have a long term strategy, and you've got and you a, got a plan to get out, and you got a plan to get out, and you've got cash flow coming in, mm -hmm. right? Um, still buy, definitely, still right? Buy. I think you yeah. just it's not so much of a, I think it was just. A, you know, we could look brilliant and say buy anything a year ago or two years ago, <laughs> and we were brilliant. Yes. Now I think it's like. Be more selective. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, a fair, I, a fair I, point. And I think I've come to a point in the my portfolio where I say that all the time now too, like being more selective where I would just buy anything that was like a good buy uh, at the time. I was like, oh, this is a deal, let's buy this. This is a deal, let's buy this. Right. Now I think I'm more critical about thinking about what I want to do with it and where does it take me and, and what's the end result for that product. That just comes as we get older, Tobias. Yes. As we get yes, older, yes. you know. Older and longer in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, if we got a few minutes here, we could yeah. talk about heritage because this is something that, that came up yes. for me on uh, a heritage building. I had an offer in, uh, on a building and uh, it was a big one. You know, it was four semis, eight units, 3.75 million uh, is what we're looking at, give or take. And uh, it wasn't disclosed that it was on a list. So it wasn't heritage yet, yeah. but it was on a list to become heritage. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, um, it freaked me out. Like I was just kind of like, you know what? It's kind of like um, if I'm buying an investment property and it's a grow up. Well, I don't want to deal with it. Even yeah. if it's remediated, totally. nothing against the grow ups, right? But it's uh, something that it's attached to and I just don't want to, I just don't want to deal with it, yeah. if, right? Same with heritage, but I was forced to learn a bit about it. Yeah. Um, and it may be not a terrible thing, but what would your opinion be on marketability or things like that when you have a heritage home? You definitely like when you're selling something like in a hot market right now, you don't have to worry about overcoming so many mm. hurdles or objections with property. Like you can take a disaster and it'll sell. You don't have to <laughs> overcome the objection that, oh, this place is destroyed. It's like, well, yeah, that's why it's priced how it is. <laughs> right. But if, you know, for this property, for example, or any heritage property, if you come to a market where we're not even, we won't call a buyer's market, because I don't know if we'll ever see that in our lifetime. But <laughs> Um, but yeah, a balanced yeah, market, totally. even, you yeah. know, where there's other options and there's, you know, uh, sales aren't outpacing new listings and you get to a place where there's, 
product on the market and people who are spending, we'll just use that $3.8 million. Something like that. $3.4 yeah. million dollar property. They have options when they have $4 million to buy something. And there's product available. They're, they could look at that and say, hmm, there's this one too. It's the same price and it doesn't have any hurdles mm -hmm. or it doesn't have any objections. Mm -hmm. So you, for long-term thinking, I think it's definitely something to definitely consider and not just to hop into. We did have a client who had um, uh, a heritage designated property, it was exterior was heritage designated, and it was a bit of a pain for him when he went to do his renos because he couldn't change certain appearance of yeah, the exterior facade. Yeah, you have to abide by the you have rules to abide by the, the heritage council, the heritage right? council. Yeah, and so everything required approval, so it took longer. It wasn't everything. It might have been more expensive to renovate too, right? More expensive to renovate. You yeah. got, you know, again, you got cost of ownership for a period of time too, because everything takes more time. You have to abide by certain things, and they had to. One thing they did have to find a certain way to retain the exterior window uh, shape because it had like peaked windows. Yes. So like he, he didn't want to. Buy well, now a you're not getting a rectangular window. You're, you're uh -huh, like, a standard rectangle window. So he wanted to buy, you know, and ended up actually not buying that, and had to come up with a creative way to retain that look but use standard windows. So it's, there's a lot of stuff involved in that reno now. Now he was able to do whatever he wanted inside and, and made money selling it and was happy with it and it became a beautiful product and rejuvenated the, the home. But do you want to deal with that? Yeah, fair. You know yeah. what? And I think too, it's kind of like... And I don't think you get more money for dealing with that. Ooh, right. fair point. Yeah, yeah fair. Like, that's, like yeah. That's, that's, I think we can all agree that's not selling at a premium. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More work in our world does yeah. not sound like a premium. <laughs> oh, I got any more? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah give him, definitely. Give them an extra zero. Hook them up. Right. Yeah. So, and I think I think that's that's a very like a simple but a powerful point because with the heritage stuff, well, it's and I think you almost have to be like a a, a rich philanthropist to yes. like like yeah. to want a heritage home, right? Because I, I and I'm not saying I'm against them because I do think they're beautiful. Yes. I think they stand they they offer a lot to the community. They're great to look at the history and all that, but do I want to own it? Yeah. For my portfolio? Yeah. No. No. Right. If you had a huge portfolio, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah, if yeah. I was like, you know, like. Uh, if it was one of the fifty. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe five hundred. Like, or five hundred. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> maybe I need way more to do that, right? Yeah. Because um, no, I, I do think they are beautiful, but then you are. I think then it's not necessarily, you're not looking at it with your investment hat, totally. you're looking at it with your passion hat or your yep. emotional hat, right? Because yep. then it becomes, I'm a history buff, I love the city, it, and, it's, and it's still a valid good reason, yep. but now it's not a money or an investment reason, it's a different reason. Yep. And it's just being true to yourself as to what the reason is, Yeah, I think. And that's especially important, like if it fits into your model, that's great. If it yeah. doesn't fit into your plan, like we talked about before, you know, make your investment strategy and find what fits in your box and yeah. try to not go outside of your box because you got a niche that works for you. Yeah, yeah. I, th and it's, I don't think it's any different, you know, come to think of it now when you get a heritage, like I've seen lots of people do, like uh, like Steve I know does great things with his buildings and mm -hmm. Corb and they do phenomenal stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like if my business plan for rental properties is single families, then yeah. I buy single families. If yeah. my business plan is duplexes, buy duplexes, yeah. right? Like. And use your use your knowledge. If it's if it's unique character product, you might fall into heritage. Yeah. And and you you know those things get their own rents for a certain reason too, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just everything is with knowledge and knowing. And so yes. for example, this not having that knowledge, and then having it sort of we'll say 
brought to your attention at a, at a point where you've already gone so far, you say, huh, I don't know. Yeah. Just sort of, yeah. you know, um, a wrinkle, uh, an objection that they, that they couldn't overcome. Yeah. And you know what? And I think, uh, you know, I had someone say to say it to me earlier, it's just, you got to feel good about your investments. I think, yeah. you know what? Like when you go into something and you're buying a property, if you're scared shitless about rising interest rates and buying at the top of the market and the whole world's going to go to hell, like you'll probably give yourself an anxiety attack if you yeah. buy a house. Yeah. So yeah. don't do it. Right. Yeah. But if you're thinking, you know what, listen, you know what, Brian and Tobias are pretty smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would never steer me wrong. Um, and you feel good about biting off something that's manageable. Yes. You know, you're not buying a $3 million apartment building or $4 million, You're buying a seven or $800,000 place. Yep. Feel good about it. Totally. You know? And, and that's another thing too. <clears throat> We've gone to uh, not leveraging our portfolio so much to get stuff too. Mm. So we're, we, we're lucky we have a bunch of properties now. So we don't feel the urgency to grab something because we have nothing. Uh, but we've decided now that we sort of like, like around 50% loan to value. So we don't want to <coughs> leverage our, our portfolio should anything happen. We're sort of like insulating that built-in padding to not have to worry. Mm, I like that. You know yeah. what? Maybe uh, we should wrap up now, but I think that'd yeah. be one for another podcast is how, how high do you leverage? How high do you leverage? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned for next time. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions, sure. reach out to my buddy Tobias Smalders at Remax, uh, real estate agent extraordinaire, or myself at Mission 35. And uh, make today a fabulous day. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.